Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm so glad to be here with you today. You know, one of the things they tell you when you're recording, like the audiobooks and all that kind of stuff, is to always smile when you are recording and it makes your voice sound happier. But the truth is, I when I hit record, I'm just smiling because I'm glad to be here. I love this part of my life and I'm glad that you are here with me too. Just a quick reminder, my new book, Remember God, comes out October 2nd, about two weeks from today, if you're listening on September 17th when this episode comes out. And if you would like to pre-order it, you can do that anywhere. And there are still a few audiobook codes left. You can get the audiobook for free and get it now. You don't have to wait two more weeks if you go to AnnieFDowns.com and fill out the little form there. So enough about that. I am super excited uh, to have our guest on today. My buddy, CJ Cassiata is on the show today. Let me tell you what I love about CJ. When he mailed me a copy of his book, we've been friends for years. I met him through um, Harris III and the Story Conference and met CJ there, and we became fast friends. And so we've gotten coffee a few times. We've hung out a good bit. And So when he mailed me a copy of his book, Get Weird, which I think you guys are going to love, he also included a tiny trophy, which y'all are just going to know how much I love this. It says the Weirdo Award, and it is a black sheep with glitter on it. So CJ is speaking my language. His book, Get Weird, the subtitle you're going to love, Discover the Surprising Secret to Making a Difference. I just adore this guy. I think you're going to love this conversation. So here is my buddy, one of my favorite weirdos, CJ Cassiata. Okay, I want you to start by telling me, so your book is called Get Weird, and we're going to talk about a billion things, but I, I, one of my very favorite things that my counselor and I have worked really hard to put words around, I was already kind of doing it, but we've put words around, is like how important it is to love what I love and to be me and for my friends, for single men, for myself, for my relationship with God, the best thing I can do is be as weird as I want to be. And you seem to... Have you have lived that enough that you are able to write a whole book about it? Why? I think so. I'm trying to live it, and I don't feel particularly weird on most days. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I mow my own lawn. I uh, I tell dad jokes. Yeah. Uh, but like the more I don't do either. <laughs> I kind of tell dad jokes, but but yeah, the more I research this stuff, the more I'm convinced that. Like, what do you mean the, this stuff? Research the, what? Just weirdness in general, and how really any kind of movement worth itself, anything that's created positive change in the universe, yeah. any sort of leader that's really stepped off the shores of, of, of same and uh-huh. of, you know, of just repetitiveness, um, they've, what they've done really at their core is embraced their unique selves, like who they are. Um, yeah. and so I'm, I'm in, I'm on yeah. board. <laughs> what was the shift for you from, was the question, who am I? Or was the question, how can I make a difference? What was the question that made you start digging into this? Man, I think it was really... Both. I think I was doing a lot of stuff that I was quote unquote successful at. Yeah. But it wasn't making me happy. And mm-hmm. I remember sitting in, I open up the book, you know, in the introduction, I'm sitting in a bar in New York City. Yeah. And I'm just, you know, a couple of things weren't, I, I was there for a thing that I was supposed to do that didn't really work out and kind of a failure. And I just sat there going, man, what, what am I doing? And yeah. I started thinking about, the people in my in my life that I always looked up to as a kid, uh-huh. um, Jim Henson, Walt Disney, Mitchell yeah. Rogers, and I kind of, you know, there's there's a, a friend of mine who told me the other day he was like, 
what would you say to your 10-year-old self now? Like, what's the one thing you would say? And back then in that bar, um, you know, I've got my little journal out and I'm just scribbling some ideas and doodles. And I'm going, I'm not. I told my 10-year-old self I would be like these guys. I would, I would kind of follow in their really? footsteps. And I realized I'm like, I just wasn't doing any of that. Mm. I was playing it really, really safe. And so I wrote down this word, weird, partially because I was trying to figure out how to communicate, like what I do, how I was yeah. doing like creative projects and um, identity work for companies and organizations and stuff. Sure. And I was like, what do I, like, what do I, help well, I help them get weird. I help them realize why they're different and sort of leverage that uh, to make a difference. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it all kind of, just clicked for me right there. Really, uh, in just that, in that moment. And it, it was snowing outside. It's a really <gasps> Where were beautiful you in morning. New York? I was in Hell's Kitchen. Okay. And I felt like I was in Hell's yeah, Kitchen. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And all of a sudden, like the light, sort of, you know, the Mufasa light from yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> the Circle of Life, kind of just opened up. And um, yeah, it was really, it was a cool little moment. Right at the um, corner, the Flatiron Building. Yeah. There's a bench right there that yeah. I had a very similar experience. My friend Adam and I were sitting there, 2010. And I just said, I have this idea. Yeah. And and I I mean that's why you, right above I mean it's framed. I was describing it, forgetting that I literally the picture is framed right that's so above cool. you yeah. because and it doesn't look it doesn't really fit on my wall of art because I have a drawing from my best friend's kids, a quote from Mumford and Sons, like something from Georgia, a note from my dad, and then a very fancy picture of New York. But it's because those moments, yeah. you can either capture them and remember them and build off of them or you forget them yeah yeah and it was like i could not forget about this it felt yeah. so clear at the moment can i tell you a, a story that reminds me of that's yeah, actually yeah, yeah. in the book um and kind of is sort of like the foundation for why i wrote it after you know after all that stuff in new york happened but yeah i was in the the bookstore with my my she was four at the time my four-year-old daughter yeah and we're in the children's section and there's a little like call a bookstore here in Nashville. A bookstore here in Nashville. Okay. I won't. I won't name names. Okay, okay, don't. I just um, want to picture. Actually, it's fine. It's you know, um, it's one of those bookstores that are everywhere in mm-hmm, the country. But mm-hmm. um, they had a great little children's section, and they had a little uh, table with a bunch of coloring books yeah. on them. And I noticed there was like this girl. She couldn't have been more than three years old. Like she yeah. was just barely out of like the toddler yeah. stage. And she's coloring inside this yeah. coloring book, and she's coloring like super neatly. Like I'm impressed. I'm like looking. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like she's barely out of the top yeah, yeah, yeah. stage and she's doing you know really good and then she starts to get a little wild she starts like scribbling looks kind of like this stuff on your wall yeah 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 she starts going crazy I'm like, that's pretty cool uh-huh but then i noticed that her mom is standing right next to her kind of looking over her shoulder yeah and i'm telling you Annie, she actually said this i'm not even kidding i'm like this is you can't write this stuff yeah um she goes you ruined it <gasps> oh wow like why'd you do that you yeah. messed up i can't believe it you gotta start over so I like take my daughter and like remove ourselves physically from like the whole area because yeah, I'm realizing yeah. if I stay there, I'm going to have to do like some co-parenting with this right, stranger. Right, 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 right. But it just, it, that like that's that's what this book is about is it's, re- it's, it's hopefully kind of reparenting as I'm learning this from, that's you know, right. the first time that I mean, so many of us has grown up, have grown up hearing that it's not okay to color outside the lines. Mm-hmm. It's better to conform to patterns. Mm-hmm. So... What does the word weird mean to you? Why'd you pick weird? So it's really funny. Weird was just kind of a a word that I felt like wasn't being used in a positive context. And so I'm kind of a country contrarian by nature. Yeah, yeah. And so I was What's like, your I think Enneagram can, number? Oh, it's four. Come I on, know, it's a total four. I know, I remembered that. Four but... with a four wing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I was like, I think we can redeem this. I think this mm. word needs some some redemption. And so 
like weird is good, weird is great. And it's funny, I ran into the guy shortly after who um, wrote and developed the Dummies books. Yeah. And he said the same thing happened to him. He was like, nobody, you know, a bunch of publishers were like, nobody wants to read a book called Something for Dummies. And right. it kind of worked, that sort of contrarian, like, no, yeah, people yeah, will get yeah. it. So I'm hoping that, I mean, in just talking about it and, and consulting about it, yeah. people seem to get it. Yeah. But, um, but weird, what's really funny in this whole journey, you know, eventually I ended up looking it up in the dictionary. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. And the definition, one of the definitions for weird is like it has way more gravitas than I thought originally. Really? Weird suggests the supernatural. Oh, my gosh. How fascinating. Yeah. So once I figured out that, I was okay, now I can write a whole book on this because yeah. that's like, you know, it's, what is it in you? I call it the sacred weird. Yeah. What, what is that true, you know, Thomas Merton called it the true self. Richard yeah. Rohr calls it your soul child. But what yeah. is that, that sacred weirdness sacred weird. that was pre-installed in you yep. at birth as a child? Mm-hmm. And how do we get back to that? And that's what I'm desperately trying to do these days. And it's been a while. Yeah, because I feel the beautiful thing that you're doing is this is who anyone who follows you or knows you in real life, this is actually what you live. Hmm. And you actually model this for us. But you teach it from stages. You write it in books. You say it on podcasts. Like, I feel like what, your weird is my fun, hmm. right? Where I That's get cool. to redeem the word fun for faith people and for non-faith people, but particularly making weird a word that we adopt and strive towards and holyfy. If yeah. that's a yeah, word. Yeah, yeah. It's not, but that's cool. I make words up it all the time. It can be, right? I'm weird. <laughs> uh, but to holify that word, yeah. weird, and go like, no, it's like, it's who we were meant to be. Yeah. It's always who we're meant to be. Yeah. I saw a friend of mine the other day said um, the best advice he's ever given to people in, that were, wanted to be in a relationship was be you even if you're weird. Just that. be you. Yeah. The, the people you want to attract are attracted when you are you. Yeah, that's so good. Like One, one of the things I had to kind of wrestle to the ground on this this book thing was like, you know, we're not weird so that people can pay attention to us and look at us yeah. and go, oh my God. You know, sometimes there's this like, we want to be different for different sake, but like every single person on the planet, if you've got a set of lungs, if you've got a pair of eyes, like you're, you know, everybody's weird. Nobody's yeah. more weird than, you know, somebody else. And so what does that mean? If we're yeah. all sort of instinctively created with this unique set of of, of, of matter and spirit, um, then what do we do with that? Mm-hmm. And so your weirdness is really there in part to help other people belong who feel like they don't. Okay. Your weirdness is there to help other people belong who feel like they don't. But if we close off our weirdness and conform, so where do you draw that line though? Because we do have to like wear clothes in public. Like there is conforming. Some of us, I mean, yeah. Right, I mean, you have you know, to conform to s- culture to some degree. Yeah. And we and the scripture says, "Be in the world, not of the world," which I've found to be a very challenging um, scripture all along because people use that so yeah. liberally right. to describe what they <laughs> right. want. Um, how do you do that? How do you conform? Because we have to live on a planet. Yeah, there are rules we have to follow, but we also need to be us. Well, the the whole close thing. I mean, I think you have to do that, but that kind of conjures up like I kind of open up the book with like this kind of reframing the creation narrative that oh yeah i grew i mean i grew up in you know this little baptist church outside of new york city yeah and these little you know i remember doing sunday school in the basement you had the, the thing this thing called flannel board remember oh, that oh my gosh yes and show watching, me the noah's ark right well then you know watching all these cartoons with like adam and eve with and they were all very they were you know there was always like a zebra or something or a plant like covering 
certain parts of their body just like so strategically. It was, yeah. I actually say, you know, I, I thank uh, Mrs. Pigford, who was my first Sunday school teacher for, yeah. you know, opening me up to my first crush, Eve. <laughs> as a, you're you know, like a little Eve. Six-year-old, come on. You're yeah. a good-looking lady. good-looking lady. Can um, I eat one of your Sour Patch Worms, by absolutely. the way? Absolutely. Or sa- Sour um, Gummy Worms? Keep going. But I remember just growing up and feeling so much shame around that creation story and, and hearing... Because they were naked? No, not that, but just just hearing God be angry in mm. in what happened like he kind of kind of hearing the narrative that okay people broke the the rules and god was angry and then when i read it again as a grown up i saw his first question was um where are you mm-hmm. and the second question was oh man who who told you you were who naked who told you yeah who told you you were na- like Almost with this disappointment of a father, no, you got everything. I've given you everything mm-hmm. you possibly could want. I've instilled in you this sacred weird, and somebody, you know, just some snake, told you that you were somehow deficient, mm-hmm. um, that you somehow needed something more. And so, I still think we have to wear clothes, but I do think that who told you you were naked is you. is sort of this interesting symbol for. Um, you know when 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 the Christ goes, hey, look at the birds. They're, they're they're covered. They got everything they need. They got you know. And so yes, we have to wear clothes. Do we have to be constantly wondering? Do our clothes fit into the pattern that um, everybody kind of thinks? Mm. Needs to, I don't I don't I don't think so. I think there's a deeper invitation there. Yeah, you know one of the things I think is funny is we something that people talk about a lot is. When you're texting with someone, a friend or a whoever, yeah, I get that chunk of gummy worms. <laughs> I pulled out a gummy worm and it's pulled three. out three and together. And together, which, we've pulled out five gummy worms a and accident. a multi-bag of gummy worms, mm. and they've all been yellow. They have been. All right, Lord, what are you trying to tell us? I don't know. Because I see reds and oranges, and, but they've yellow all been yellow. Yellow is my favorite color, so Oh, and it's on the cover it's of the book. It's on the cover so of the book. So the Lord's just like, this was meant to happen. Mm. We talk a lot in culture today about... Man, I wish when I'm texting, I don't know that my tone came across right. You know, like I wish that we could have different colors in texting so you knew what my tone was. Because yeah. when I said stop that, I didn't mean I was angry. I was joking. And we never talk about tone in scripture. Mm. We never talk, we never talk about what was Jesus ever laughing when he said that. Yeah. Or when he said, Who told you you're naked? Did he was he angry at them? Did he emphasize the you? Yeah that you were naked, did he emphasize who told you? Was he mad or was he sad? Yeah. We just, but we act like scripture is so different than the text we're writing every day. Right. And obviously it's divine. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, like, if we took as many varied stances on what the tones could be of scripture that we do to our text messaging, yeah, how much richer does the Bible get? Oh, unbelievably. Right? Yeah. But we never do that. No, I mean, reading the scriptures through a different tone and having somebody else, having somebody who, um, you know, been, I've been kind of diving into a lot of these contemplatives from like hundreds of years ago and, mm-hmm. and hearing like their who? perspective. Um, Anybody standing out to you so, right now? So, um, Meister Eckhart is a guy mm-hmm. who I'm just starting to kind of, um, hang out with, even though <laughs> he's been dead for really right. a long time. Um, and then some guys who are obviously a little bit more recent, like Thomas Merton from mm-hmm. the forties and fifties. And then, um, this guy, I feel like Merton's having a resurgence. Oh, yeah. Right? Well, he's brilliant. And then uh, lately, he's really recently, unfortunately, left us um, in 2008 pretty suddenly, but a guy named John O'Donohue. Who, I don't know who that is. Oh, he's this Irish poet and oh. um, 
an author and just uh, he wrote a book called Anna Karna. I'm actually gonna I'm, I'm probably saying that wrong, but it, it, it's Gaelic. Um, and just a, this Sorry. wonderful poet and just wrote all these blessings. He's got another book that I can actually pronounce called yeah. uh, "To Bless the Space Between Us," and it's just uh-huh. it's just blessings for any kind of season in life. Yeah, and just really beautiful stuff. Yeah. So you were saying you were diving into that. Yeah, just diving into that stuff. And again, hearing, to, to, to your point, like hearing some of these scriptures from a different lens and a different tone and, you know, somebody on the other side of the world or in another century going, I actually kind of think, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting this when I, when I read mm-hmm, these, these words. Mm-hmm. So, Have you been to Israel? Yeah. What did you think seeing places that you had read about in the scripture? Man, it, <laughs> that was really funny. I felt like I felt like. When did you go? Uh, I went really. I think right before you or right after you. On oh, that were same you with kind of trip. Israel Collective? Yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I um, love those guys. Oh, they're great. Man, they're awesome. Josh and Raj. Josh man, and Raj. Love them. Um, no, I thought that was very that was very surreal mm-hmm. for me. Like I I was a. Uh, it's funny how touristy it sort of become. Like and and you know every kind of religion and denomination of that religion seems to have their own little corner. I remember like going to. You know, one of the the places where they think you know Christ was was mm-hmm. uh, resurrected, and they're like, "This, this is the spot where Christ was resurrected." And then we you know walk like five miles, and then the, you know there's, there's the Catholic Church. <laughs> this, this is the spot. Christ. So I'm like, I don't know what, you know, and it's all like what five, probably five feet underground by right, now because right. of all the science. Right, 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 right. <laughs> the science, the years, the, wind, the science, yeah, the yeah. years, and. So anyway, but I thought it was, I mean, fascinating, obviously. Yeah, I think that is the most recent thing that has changed my Bible reading the most. Yeah. Was standing, I mean, because the, the few places they take us, like um, the synagogue in Magdala, yeah. where they're like, we know Jesus taught here. That was pretty cool, because it's all kind like, of ruins right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and you're was like, pretty awesome. Oh my gosh, that yeah. was, I was literally standing where Jesus yeah. did. And then the um, Beatitudes. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah. That was Unbelievable, and I mean, it's just so beautiful there. Mm. You're sitting there. I wish I remember we had like maybe 15 minutes there, and I got I just sat down and I'm like, dude, I could spend five hours just yeah. in silence sitting yeah. right now. Like, you guys got very four of you, yeah, <laughs> total four of me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, that was pretty awesome. Going to Israel may be the thing that when I look back on the map of my whole life, yeah, going to Israel may be one of the one of the big stars yeah. you know of going like okay that changed cool. things for me That's and that really cool. you know so and it, thinking about how we read scripture i'm like man when, when you when you swam in the sea of galilee it yeah. changes how you read the sea of galilee totally right um what do you think was weird about jesus oh everything yeah everything if you subscribe to the religion of, of christianity you've got to come to grips at some point with the reality that you follow a weirdo. I mean, this guy, yeah. this guy continues. He he bucked kind of every system that was placed in front of him, every cultural expectation, you know, when he arrives on the scene 2,000 years ago, and he continues to do that, you know, today. So, I mean, people are expecting this warrior, revengeful, yeah. you know, king to, to come in and, you know, wipe uh, the Roman Empire off the map, and he comes in riding on a donkey. Because, um, you know, turn the other cheek when it comes to your enemy. So, I mean, and, and then... You see who he gathers to kind of be his, which this is something that's in you know in the book too. Like leaders, leaders, really good leaders actually do this. He gathers fellow weirdos, fellow misfits. He goes to the margins of society and he starts mm-hmm. to you know he's looking at crooked auditors. So everybody hates yeah, him. All right, yeah. you know, come on, yeah. be my, you know, be, literally be the equivalent of a guy like Donald Trump going, I want you to be my apostle. Right. I want you to leave all of this. Follow me. Right. Um, 
prostitutes, mm-hmm. you know, rabbi rejects. These guys who are these working class dudes who are just, you know, hanging out in the ocean all day. These are the because people Because they like, weren't able to be rabbis. Yeah, like totally. people don't ever think about that that yeah. they this was not they weren't dying to be fishermen. No, so he's a total yeah. weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one of the things I really love about Jesus, uh, I read this at Lent. I've probably said this a thousand times on the show at this point. I've said it a thousand times to my friends in real life. Uh, I read a devotional at Lent by Alicia Chol, I think mm. is how you say it. Do you know who she is? Mm. She's Alicia Brit Chol. She's brilliant. But she said um, Jesus was never protective of his heart, meaning he mm. never withheld his love from people out of fear of them hurting him because yeah. he actually knew they would. Right. So, like, mm. literally, he's washing Judas's feet and genuinely loving Judas and letting him sit at the table the night Judas betrays him. And Jesus knows. That's crazy. And so he never thought, oh, that person's going to hurt me too much. I shouldn't. Or I should hold back and let them be vulnerable first. Like, Jesus yeah. gave everybody the gift of going second because he yeah. loved them first. Right. It's, you know, it's the preemptive love. Love anyway mantra. Yeah. You know, that I mean it's it's Yeah, we just had Jeremy on the show. Oh, He's dude. just love that guy. I love that mm-hmm. guy. I just think the world of him. Yeah. But that's what he I mean, if you were to say to me, show me someone who is doing kind of what I think Jesus would do, I'm like, mm-hmm. probably Jeremy Courtney. Yep. Uh, because Jeremy Courtney just goes to the places that no one else wants to go. <laughs> and he does the stuff that you go, like, are you sure that's the right next thing? He's like, I'm not actually sure, but that person's hungry. So I, I don't know what I should do next, except I have food and they're hungry. So done. So, I mean, I put this in the book, book too. Like, I, I'm such a wimp. I go and, and hang out with Jeremy and um, his team because we, we came oh, up with kind of like... I haven't gotten to like, do that yet. I want to so bad. Well, we were doing some of this weird identity yeah, work. We yeah. actually all came up with that phrase, love anyway, together uh, during this trip. But we're... Oh, we're, well done. We're walking or no, I'm, we're driving. I'm in the, the backseat of this car. And we're driving on the way to somebody's house. And I'm like, all right, this is, you know, this, this seems pretty cool. Like nothing's, nothing crazy is sort of happening. Yeah. And we, uh, we drive down this alley really slow and there's these kids playing soccer and like these two or three dudes with these machine guns, uh, just hanging out and they've got uniforms on and I'm starting to get, you know, I've got like my, my junior high voice. Yeah. Sort of yeah, going yeah. like, is that all? well i was like hey i told the driver i'm like so uh it's cool that the police uh you know these these places are pretty heavily enforced like, uh-huh. this isn't so bad at all uh-huh. like iraq and he goes no that's not police that's um uh you know this uh isis warlord who uh, uh got killed you know recently assassinated recently that's his that's his team. That those are his security guards. I went, oh, oh, good. Yeah, oh, good. Right. I feel so much better now. Super. And so he's this. Is, this is every day. It's a normal day for Jeremy and his team. <laughs> no. And I'm just going. Uh, we just. I mean, literally, like maybe you know, five miles an hour, just right in between those guys. Are those police? No. Warlords. Okay, good. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, they weren't warlords. They were security guys. Yeah, still, yeah. Pretty, still, pretty scary. They're way more that's warlordy just, than we are. That's Tuesday for Jeremy. Yeah, yeah very, right. very warlordy. How did you and Jeremy become friends? Man, I think we met in Austin at uh, this thing called the Idea Camp. Yeah. That um. Charles do they still William. do Idea Camp? I don't think. I don't think so. They I should though. It was yeah. cool. It was cool. Little. little um, I didn't never get to go. I remember a bunch of my friends going in pockets. Yeah. The people that I, that people I knew would meet each other at Idea yeah. Camp. Yeah. And you know some of those people that you just connect with over like a couple times every yeah. year and it's almost like how do, how are we how are we still sort of orbiting yeah. each other he's just one of those yeah guys for me and um yeah he's he's great so i met you through story gathering yeah right officially mm-hmm. and that the first yeah. we met at that event so how do you know harris that runs that how'd y'all become friends man i think we met through a bunch of just mutual pals yeah. and i i think isn't that the best thing about oh, this town? i love it yeah i just it's love a very it. nashville thing yeah um and so his his heart for 
story-driven leadership and yeah. and just narrative and creativity. Like I, you know, it was one of those things where I think we hung out once for coffee and we're like, oh, well, I guess we're best friends now. So, Serious. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel about you, Tim. Like, we just get coffee we're like, let's talk about everything. Yeah. Let's yeah. jump right in. Yeah. It's so good. But what he's doing, man, with story is just unbelievable. It's great. I can't wait for this year. I, yeah. Are you, you're teaching at it, right? Yeah. Yeah. What are you, are you going to teach about this, about yeah. being weird? Yep. Okay. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to go. The thing I love, I don't get to attend very many conferences mm. uh, because I am, if I'm not working a conference, I usually would prefer to be home. Right. They, so a couple of times a year, I try to go where I can just learn and not be anything else to yeah. anybody. And story is one that I, I haven't missed in years yeah. because he, what Harris thinks up and Kate and his team, what they think up to spark my creativity and to amaze and to increase my curiosity about anything yeah. is unmatched to me. Well, you talk about a guy who's living out his weird. I mean, you know, he had this great, really safe career doing doing um, magic, magic, which is <laughs> it's fine. He's blessed a ton of people with that and yeah. stuff. But you know, there came but a point. But it's funny where he to, to like, consider that the safe career, right? Yeah. It is. I mean, he did sometimes put himself in water in a straitjacket, but True. yeah, he He's it, really never it was been safe. safe nope. Yeah, that whole analogy breaks down yeah. pretty quickly. No, 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 no. no. But, but uh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. There was a, a wide career path yeah. that would have lasted for a long time. Yeah, and he just he he steps out, and I know it's been you know it, it's it's never an easy. Thing yeah. to do something different and to see him, you know, keep swimming and to just and wow to, us every he's year. He's unsatisfied. He is unsatisfied oh, yeah. all the time in a oh. good way. Of I like, wouldn't know anything about that, but uh. I, yeah, <laughs> I bet you wouldn't. That's no, a four. Oh my four gosh, three wing. Man. Yeah, you're it's crazy. <laughs> Listen, I'm a seven. I'm literally constantly satisfied. <laughs> I'm always like, this is great. What does that feel That's like? Exactly. This is great. I mean, it's great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, today my counselor said. Maybe maybe it's good that you're thinking about this like it won't work out because usually <laughs> you assume everything's gonna work out. And Man. I was like, yeah, that's a good point. I um, get so I used to get so envious of people who were like, now I know now I have context for like their personalities, like nines and mm-hmm. eights. Like one of my best friends, I'm like, you just don't you don't care about a lot. Stuff just kind of rolls off your back. And then I realized that envy is like the fours, yeah, you know, thing. Yeah, yeah. They're like brokenness. Around. I'm like, oh gosh, but yeah, yeah. I'm just like my wife is just she's like this wonderful nine and she's eh, okay oh i bet it's great cool. being married to a nine. Oh man it's awesome yeah it's horrible for her but it's great for oh my her. gosh no one no way it's not horrible for her yeah i think so a seven's thing is gluttony right because we always while i can be totally satisfied in a situation yeah. i can always want more of it yeah like I, if we're gonna talk for 40 minutes i wish we'd talk for two hours yeah. or if we get to see yeah. each other today i wish we got to see each other tomorrow yeah and like thinking of the world cup soccer that happened this summer i as soon as they announced that 2026 that we were hosting, I was disappointed that it would be over. Oh, like man. literally, immediately I thought, oh no, <laughs> that means it's going to end yeah. instead of, because I always want more. It's like serious FOMO. All the That's time. Like this. Okay. All the time. Yeah. All the time. If I see y'all, like when I saw you recorded a video for our friends at Catalyst and I was like, oh man, I wish I was there. <laughs> Tyler's there. CJ's there. There's other people like Henry and Alex are probably there. Like my friends are there. I wish I was there. And I was like, well, actually you're with people at a birthday. So you should just be where you are. Yeah. But that's what I have to wrestle down most is not letting gluttony steal my joy yeah. or my current satisfaction and going slow. So that's really interesting. I feel like for some, so for like a four or, you know, I mean, pretty like obvious i wrote a book called get weird right i mean four but it's like that's like be who you are and it seems like uh-huh. for people who are more prone to kind of yours or personality it's like you know enneagram calls it seven it's like be where you are yes 
Oh, that's really interesting. Yes. Huh. Where Forrest would have to say, be who you are. We're saying, be where you are. Yeah, yeah for sure. I have hmm. to be, especially emotionally and relationally, where I have to go like, man, this tension is high. I yeah. got to be right here. Yeah. Or I want this to be over. Or I want this to start. I got to be right here. <laughs> um, tell me the biggest change you've seen in yourself as you've gone after getting weird. Well, that's a good question. Um, Thank you. <laughs> do you do this often? Yeah. This whole yeah. thing, have this podcast talked- thing? <laughs> um, so... Biggest change I've seen in myself is, and I want to say the fear has started to subside, but the anxiety that comes with mm, the fear yeah. has started to subside. I've gotten really clear. Uh, fear of what? That, anxiety of what? Like, I've gotten super clear in this kind of whole process as to, like, what what the vision is for like the next 10, 15 years of my life. Okay. Like one I'm chasing after. And I've just, I've, I've felt very, um, almost undeservedly, like divinely confirmed, it feels like, yeah. uh, over and over and over again through this process where I'm like, okay, I mean, I was just thinking on the way here, I'm like, can't, like, knock me down, like, try and knock me down. Yeah, you know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like, this is what we're doing. Yeah. And, that's honestly been, because it doesn't feel like something I've conjured, and but it's kind of like taken me by surprise the past yeah. couple of months. I'm like, oh, I'm not really like super nervous about this thing anymore or that yeah. thing or whatever. Like, yeah. I just had, I just kind of had this this underlying piece um, that this is what I'm kind of designed to do, and yeah. so however that looks and whatever kind of turns are taken along the way and twists and stuff, it's like cool. It's really nice to know that yeah. this is what we're up to and this is what we're doing. So. Yeah, so one of the things my friends on, that listen to the show we, that I love to talk about and they've told us they love to hear about, we have so many different people in different faith places. Yeah. Most people share a similar faith that are on the show with me, but in different places, and everyone wants to hear God. Yeah. So how do you hear God? Man. What does he sound like to you? Because you said divine conf- confirmation. Yeah. So you're, you're feeling something or hearing something or experiencing something that's God communicating to you that you're in the right spot. Yeah. So the easiest way to answer that is, I told you I kind of grew up in this sort of little Baptist evangelical kind of church and, and mm-hmm. they did a lot of great things. Um, but one of the things that they sort of perpetuated is, and I feel like this is kind of a cultural thing, is like prayer is talking, prayer is speaking, and uh, lately I've just been trying to to listen and be still and mm. be quiet, and there's this ancient um, contemplative practice called called recollection or recollection where you're literally like removing distractions and sort of like going back and getting small and getting quiet, um, and I'm trying to do that. And, and the other thing is, kind of in tandem with that is, you know, put my daughter together uh, to, to to bed every night. Sounds like you together. Put her together. I have a robot daughter. Um, <laughs> you know, she, <laughs> we put her together every day. Every day, take her apart yep. every night. It's, <laughs> um, but put her bed every night, and we've just I've just been asking her. I'm like, hey, let, let's just listen to God for a minute. See if He has anything to say. And the stuff that comes out of this little five year old's yeah, mouth. What man, happens? Oh Tell me. Oh my gosh, it's so reassuring and you know part of the, the cynic in me goes uh you know maybe she you know heard this somewhere in church or whatever but like she just really simple things like i will always love you mm. i will be here even when you're afraid little oh things gosh. like that and and but it's funny like so pause okay i think i got something you know yeah. and i mean you know i walk out of that room with you know, tears in my yeah, eyes. Yeah, I was you know, say, you go like, like getting like, down on the floor, oh like, my gosh, I see you, like, God. <laughs> and so I'm just trying to get back to whatever. I'm trying to know 
what she knows yeah. at five. Yeah. I'm trying to get back to that because she's a weird kid and I love her. You yeah. know, but every kid is weird at five. You know what I mean? Right. And so I'm trying to get back to to being that kid and to have that sort of, you know, um, direct <laughs> connection. Yeah. Uh, with you know, with God. So what does that look like? How are you doing that for yourself? Man, I think we're spending time with Listening with her, her a lot. Yeah. yeah, and um, you know, trying to again trying to remove those distractions and um, and yeah, and, and uh, again, some of these these like poetry, like this guy John O'Donohue and Thomas Merton, and like reading a lot of this older sort of stuff. It's like it's it's kind of putting a new lens on the camera for me a little yeah. bit. Um, yeah, I feel like I've spent a good 10, 15 years sort of steeped in. Um, uh, a certain kind of literature, a certain kind of practice, a certain kind of template for my for my faith, and, and I've kind of taken a little bit of a a left turn over the past year or two and gone. I want to go a little bit, and we talked about this, I think, when we hung out, like a yeah, little yeah. bit farther out, a little bit, a yeah. little bit um, more ancient, and, yeah. and see what's out there. and And it's been really fascinating. It's yeah. been super uncomfortable at times, and totally confirming another time so yeah yeah and just for clarity you don't mean left like politically no 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 i roll i roll right turn right right right, up down whatever yeah right right right. just meaning (laughs) what based on the path that you have always known there are things on the edges of it yeah that you haven't explored before yeah that you can i think i think one of the biggest disservices we do to ourselves is deciding i can only listen to these eight voices right because everybody outside of these eight voices is dangerous. Totally, yeah. And it's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. What if you just read them with a thoughtful mind? Yep. And uh, and your own filter of what you find is true. The Bible you stick with. Right. That's true. Anything that doesn't match up with that, not true. Right. But as far as people's thoughts and what they say, and what if we just listened? Yeah. <laughs> well, what if we very, heard God like that? It's very scary to trust a spirit. Right, mm-hmm. <laughs> right, and so the natural proclivity of of men and women, I think, including myself, is to is to dial down that script and dial down that template, and so we're not comfortable with mystery, and I'm becoming more comfortable. I think yeah. I actually have always been comfortable with mystery, and yeah. I've I've kind of grown up in a sort of a context that that wasn't and yeah. I, so i always felt like a misfit hence i wrote this yeah. book yeah. Get weird yeah. i'm real i'm like processing this all out loud i'm going oh yeah this is this is probably why i wrote a book i'll get weird um and i'm i'm just starting to dive into that and go you know what no i think this is for me and what's really interesting and i think it's different for everybody but instead of instead of drowning you know in that abyss i'm actually probably swimming with more energy and mm. um you know vibrance than i than i ever have in my life yeah so, yeah. What do we not know about being ourselves that we need to know? That your story doesn't matter as much as people have probably told you. <laughs> oh, that's good. How come? I was talking with someone the other day and they were they kept on using this word identity, identity, identity. And they're like, Well, you know, I can kinda I could kinda brand my identity as this and I can sort of wear these things and I can kind of sort of position myself as that. I said, No, no, no that's that's not your identity yeah that's not your sacred weird that's not your soul child as as, as war calls it that's yeah. that's something that you can manipulate that's your story yeah and i think story by the way is one of the most i mean harris is listening yeah, right yeah, now yeah. founder or, or president of story conference um it's one of the most beautiful gifts to humankind ever right yes. it, like translates complex ideas and and passes down traditions but the problem with your story is that you can manipulate the parts yeah right you can emit things you can add things Intentionally and unintentionally. Yeah, totally unintentionally yeah, at times. Yeah. And so this is actually one of the things that I heard 
John O'Donohue say once, like you can, uh, if you're not careful, you can um, confuse your identity with your biography. And those are That's not good. they're they're not equivalent. There's nope. there's a place Meister Eckhart, the you know, that this twelfth yeah. century mystic goes, you know, there's a place in your soul where you've never been wounded. Mm. There's a place in your soul where you've never been wounded. And so the best thing a story can possibly do, and it's really good at it, by the way, right? I mean, yeah. is illuminate whatever's going on inside of you but you can't write those things in you. You go see like, you know, this amazing movie and you're like, Man, that really moved me. Yeah. Because yeah. it's pinging something deep within you. It yes. didn't write that thing for you. Yes. That thing has been written in you. Yeah. And so that's the thing I, I really hope. It's not telling you something new. It's connecting with yeah. something that's really old in you. And so that's what, I mean, and some people some people do know that, you know, and that's mm-hmm. and I want to hang out with those people yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the thing that I'm, I'm, I've been discovering and really the, the, the message and the heartbeat of the, uh, of the book and the stuff I'm trying to do and talk about is that, you know, your identity, being yourself, being, it's not something that you can conjure. It's only something that you can illuminate and you can, mm. you can search for. It's already down there and you yeah. just got to have to go yeah. identity spelunking. Yeah. You oh, know, not identity good. grabbing. Yes. And your story matters to the degree that you can tell what you know. Sure. Right. But I it, just think there's a fascination yes, in our culture with the word that's story. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Instagram stories, you know, story, live a better story, blah, blah. And that's, that's great. That's great. But I just want us to be careful. Yeah going forward as a culture to go story's great but it's not who you are There's yeah because you know what's deeper. great about my instagram story is i can re-record as many times as i want to yeah i can pick filters yeah i can tell it exactly the way i want to when you and i are sitting here i can't do any of that mm-hmm. i can't retell something that came out of my mouth i can't filter myself for no. you physically you are seeing what you are seeing and so my identity though your physical appearance is not your identity alone but my identity it cannot be altered or changed for people who sit around me <laughs> and what i love about my five-year-old she doesn't filter herself at all yeah. she doesn't care what other people think yeah. so if you go to a wedding like every wedding i've ever been to there's this thing that happens at every single wedding it's a yeah. pattern you can there's a kid as soon as the dj oh starts just, playing music just starts goes for it just yep. goes for it yep like he's never heard that word shame Right. Or judgment or embarrassment before. And it's like, like there's no be... question about what anyone else will think. No. He doesn't even cross his mind. So how do I be that kid? Mm-hmm. How do we be that kid? <sighs> I'm working on it. Me too. I'm trying. I sit by myself at TPAC at the yeah. musicals because <laughs> I want to see the French horn player. Yeah. So I sit in the front row of the balcony and my friends who go have fancy bougie tickets on the floor. Yeah. But I'm like, no, I'm, I want to be the kid on the dance floor yeah. who goes like, I am not afraid to sit by myself. I and people, almost every show, someone recognizes me because we're here in town. So it's yeah, like right. a neighbor who recognizes me. It's not a big deal. But every time that ping happens to me of like, they see you sitting by yourself. Mm-hmm. And I go, okay. So say what you, that makes you feel. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. That makes you have some feelings. Also, what's actually true? You yeah. choose to sit here so you can see the French horn player. And yeah. that's fine. And that is who, that's you on the dance floor, sister. Yep. You are totally fine. Yep. But I am, I'm okay that it makes me feel a moment of, oh yeah, you're by yourself. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they think you don't have anybody. Yeah, it's really, we are not conditioned to be alone in a good sense. You know what I yeah. mean? To, we're not supposed to be alone permanently, but we should practice some form of, of again, recollection of, yeah. of, of, you know, being still and yeah. um, not having these distractions around us. I saw, you know, Chip Dodd, the, yeah. us, ooh, about your heart. Something about your heart. I can't remember the title. We'll link it in the show notes. But, um, and one of the things he says is loneliness leads to intimacy. Mm. 
And I thought, man, the the older I've gotten, the more I have allowed myself space to feel lonely, yeah. the more I desire actual intimacy yeah. and the more I'm finding actual intimacy. And I didn't realize that by smothering loneliness yeah. so that I never felt it. So I was never by myself. So I let shame tell me, don't ever be alone because if you're alone, then you're alone. Yeah. <laughs> I actually wasn't getting intimacy either. Yeah. And one and to feel loneliness is to allow a space where intimacy can come in. That's really good. Right? Yeah, I didn't write it, Chip Dodd. We <laughs> gotta give Chip Dodd all the credit. I saw it on someone's Insta story actually <laughs> yesterday. My friend Sarah, I saw it on her Insta story. I was like, that's it. Yeah. That's how that's a difference in me I'm seeing. That's a growth in me that I'm seeing for all the things I do incredibly wrong. That's a growth in me I'm seeing of like, oh, you're allowing loneliness to make space for intimacy and you didn't used to. Yeah. But I, I don't know how you connect with that inner kid outside of knowing that you're loved like there's a oh, that's you know good. what i mean like I, there, just, yeah. I don't like there's this there's this thing that happens on the playground mm-hmm. every playground in america yeah in the world actually yeah every day go to a playground you can see it it happens on the slides right kids about to go on the slide what's the one thing they do before they actually drop down into the slide i don't know they s- they look around. They look around. Okay. They look to see if someone who cares about them is watching them. Yeah. Before they're about to take a risk. Yeah. Before they're about to plunge deep into something unknown. Oh, that's really good, CJ. So. We do that all the time. Yeah, and and I know this this podcast is is so steeped in, in you know such as this rich faith. I mean, this father, mother, parent, whatever you want to call it, you know, this figure mm-hmm. um, that is, I think, is writing, writes that identity in you. Yeah. You know, he knows you. Yeah. He sees you. He loves you. Go down the slides. That's the yeah, message. Yeah, go down the slides. You know what I mean? Get weird about it. Yeah. Go down head first. Yeah. Wear a tutu. Do whatever you want. Yeah. Okay, so that's an interesting thing you said, though, when you said father and mother. Talk. Tell me some thoughts. No, 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 no. I dig this. Yeah. Tell me some thoughts you have about the mother voice of God. Well. Do you have thoughts? I do. I just dropped that on oh, you. Oh, my gosh. With no warning. No, let me think of that. Um, okay, so. Which actually, look at the list of notes I have of what we're going to talk about. Nothing. <laughs> this is us literally just getting coffee at yeah. frothy, but, but oh, recording it. So good. Um, okay, so. Um, this is not mine at all. I think that I'm even going to say the insight might be mine, but I'm sure it's something that Richard Rohr already said, and I just didn't see it. But I saw <laughs> he was trying it's to break down the true self and the false self. And so he drew it as like um, when you start off, you know, the true self is like, um, you know, it's a big circle, which is God and the divine, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, and the small circle is within it that's that's yeah. your true self yeah. and somewhere along the line that um those circles sort of separate out mm-hmm. and then the idea is to um is to like get it back and he said something about how like when you're when you're young and you you're living out of the true self like you don't really see like babies don't see a, a disconnect between them and their mom and like and he's drawing i'm, I'm doing a horrible job of explaining this no no but um you know that circle within the circle of a, you and God. That's made my, like my mind go, oh my gosh! Like that is such the symbol of. I mean, we have a brand new, like barely a month old little boy at home, yeah. and he's Mac. just a Mac, yeah, yeah, and he's just attached, like attached to Kelly, my wife, uh-huh. and that's such a wonderful picture of how 
I feel of, of the intimacy that God, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. wants for us. There's is is so much of it, and not that men can't be nurturing and women can't be, you know, dominant or whatever it, it is, but like um, there are these like feminine and masculine sort of qualities. Yeah, and I think all throughout Scripture you see this this thing called God that I am what I am, and yeah. that's all that I am. That's actually Popeye. Yeah, well but it's done. Close. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, you see him. Or her embody each of those characteristics, mm-hmm. and again, that's that's um, it's mysterious, and I don't understand it, and that's probably the worst no, theological explanation. No, no, no. Um, but I think even yeah. people having their asking themselves the question, "What does it mean if God is everything?" Yeah. If God is actually every quality, if we are made, and if you and I are both made in the image of God, and you are fully male and I'm fully female. What does that mean about God? Yeah. And so I think even, I like asking people sometimes because I think even just, and I don't have a good answer. I'm figuring it out too. I do recognize that Jesus called God Father, right? So there is something to that. He did not say mother. But I think, well, my mom reminds me of God. Yeah. But so does my dad. Yeah. You know, like the way, exactly what you talked about, Kelly and Mac, like that connection looks like, and the nurturing looks Mm. like God. Yeah. So I think it's just always such a good reminder. Again, it's that it's what we talked about earlier. It's the path. There are some edges. Yeah. And one of the edges that culture doesn't talk about too much is the mothering voice of God and mm-hmm. the mothering heart of God that exists, that must exist if I am made in his image. And it's it's just so funny because like there's so much stuff that I'm just like, you know, shouldn't I know all this stuff by now? I've been mm. like doing this whole kind of walk with, you know, Christ since I was a kid. And uh, the older I get, I'm like, the more I just don't. No, right. but the more comfortable I am with the not Man, knowing. How, let's let Annie and CJ, 25-year-olds, do a podcast. Oh, my gosh. They knew so much. Oh, dude. <laughs> There'd be a lot of systematic theology. <laughs> right? On. I had the strongest of opinions. <laughs> oh, man. And the most certainties about so many things that now I'm like, ooh, I'm glad that girl didn't have a microphone. And maybe in another 10 years, I'll be like, man, don't give that. Why did that girl have a microphone? Yeah. But. But I feel like who I am now is an Annie that allows for questions yeah. that 25-year-old Annie didn't allow for. Uh, but I think often the longer... I've been a Christian for... Um, in May, it was 33 years. Hmm. So f- the vast majority of my life. Like yeah. I got saved when I was four, and I remember it super clearly. So, so I have been in some version of relationship with God for three decades. I know less than I have ever known right mm-hmm. now. Well, this will trip you out too. I kind of put this in the book as as well, and I, I'm realizing some people might not even <laughs> read this because of what you know what I've no, been no, saying no, no, about no. some of this. They're stuff. They're gonna love it. Um, but it's so good. People are gonna love it. You know, I I grew up believing that this born again phrase, that the whole John three sixteen thing, you know, is is this one time sort of transaction, right? And um, the older I get, and the more I kind of you know, just study different angles and everything. I, I, I and the more I kind of steep myself in like this whole, what is it like to be a kid again? And, uh-huh. and your soul is innocent and it's free when you're a kid. And when I think about that phrase "born again," and when I think about that conversation Jesus is having with Nicodemus, is um, when I think about that phrase "born again," I mean, I think about being a kid again, yeah. right? And that's this constant, you know. And I'm not getting into. Once saved, always saved. Right. And you're not saying go, you go to the altar every Sunday and get no, saved. No, 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 no. But I'm saying every 
everything that we've seemed to narrow down to a formula seems so much deeper yeah. and mysterious yeah. than I once thought yeah. possible. For you know? sure. And so what I'm asking myself these days is, gosh, what does it look like to go back to the chrysalis and go back mm-hmm. to the womb and go back to this time where I didn't know everything right? and I didn't care. And I didn't care. But I, I was enough. alive, dang it. Yeah, you that's know? right. And maybe I'm way less married than you are, but maybe <laughs> our relationship with, as far as with Jesus, is way more similar to a wedding and then a marriage because mm. you chose Kelly once in front of everybody, yeah. and made it super official, yeah. And then every day you choose Kelly, yeah, again and again and That's again good. and again. And so I wonder because I've been rolling some of this around in my mind too. So it's funny for us sitting down today because I've been rolling this around too of like I have a acquaintance through friends, friends, friends who has decided to walk away from their faith that they grew up in. So there's been these questions of, so what does that mean? Mm-hmm. And I've been processing, yeah, did I make a decision once that is good enough? Yeah. Or is the relationship real because every day I say, yeah, I want this again. Yeah. And every 94 days I go, I don't want this. Mm. I can't, this is too hard. Mm-hmm. You are hurting me. Mm-hmm. You are disappointing me. I don't know if I want to do this today. I'm not moving into anybody else's house, but I'm not sharing your room anymore either, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I need, I just need a break every, every, once every four months, maybe. But I just wonder if that's closer to what it means to be born again, to, to go back to that yeah. childhood thing and go, yeah, every day your daughter gets up and thinks, I can hear God today. Yeah. I can, and my dad's gonna take care of me today, and my mom's gonna feed me today. Every day she thinks that. She never one time goes like, well, I wonder, wonder who's going to take care of me today. Yeah, here we go again. You know, though there are sadly children who do wonder that, but yours don't. Mm. Yours are seeing a beautiful reflection of, of the mother and father voice of God mm. in you and Kelly. So, well, hope so. Most most days we try. Right. There are times where I have to apologize. You know, I, I don't know where that came from, kid. But uh. right. Hi, I'm human. <laughs> I spoke at a summer camp this summer, and one of the nights I said to the students, "You need to remember that before your parents were your parents, they were people." Yeah. Right, isn't that so funny, dude? Like when you like, I remember teachers it's was still the first weird time. To me. Oh, oh yeah, first seeing time a teacher you at a having grocery friends store who were your own teacher. Like, <sighs> like man, I had such reverence for you. Yes, when I was a kid, and you're just a person. You're just a person, man. I know. You know, it's funny for me because do you know? I remember I used to teach elementary yeah. school. Yeah. So all my kids that were fifth graders when I was 23, so they're 11 when I'm 23, are 26, 27, dude. having kids, all ma- getting married, dude. And then you go like, and then they'll message me and still call me Miss Downs. And I'm like, can, <laughs> can I be Annie now? Yeah. Can I just be Annie now? But it, they can't do it. They can't make the switch. It never goes away. It's, uh, no. You never stop. Isn't that funny? Because when I think about my life, if we had time and I said, tell me your teachers from kindergarten to fifth grade, you know every name. Oh, dude. I know. Everyone. Everyone. Mrs. Finkel. That's who you remember. Yeah. Right? Isn't that funny? Yeah. I, and so I know that there are five grades of kids yeah. who no matter when in their life someone goes, who is your fourth grade teacher? They'll say, Miss Downs. Yep. Which, not to bring it back around no, do. to the message, but how important is it to leave a positive imprint on our kids who... On little people. Because eventually, at some point, we didn't talk about this a whole ton, but you know, we all start off weird, right? Yeah. We're not weird now. We don't like being weird now, because that's at some point we get the weird kicked out of us. Yeah. Usually as kids. Yeah. And so I'm desperately trying to be somebody, a grown-up who who reverses that yeah. that script and goes, 
no, I see your weird. I see your uniqueness. I see that light. Let's Lean go into that it. more. Yeah. Tell me the difference because there's the book and the field guide. Yeah. So the field guide you can get on the website. That's really more of a tactical so approach, a uh, tactical kind of tool that you can use yeah. to um, figure out what your weirdness yeah. is. Um, and What's the, the website? Sorry. It's called CJ, uh, cjcast.com. So okay. CJCAS because my last name, I can't even pronounce my last name. <laughs> um, so, so cjcas.com. Yeah. Perfect. And this is there. Yeah. And it's just, how, how long should it take us to go through the field guide? Um, it should probably take you a couple of days. Uh, you want to do each section and kind of marinate on it and, and ask your friends because you do a lot of writing yeah. in it. And, um, so it's probably like a three-week experience, two yeah. to three-week experience. Yep. That's really cool. That's awesome. Thank you for making that. What wow. a helpful tool for us. You know, if there's one thing that I hope my friends get, well, there's two things I want people to love that listen to the podcast Inter- international soccer and Enneagram. <laughs> but then also just be you yeah just be you yeah how what can annie f downs do to help you be you friend yeah. on the other side of the podcast like what do you need and so you cj are one of the people that i'm like just follow cj mm. follow what he says listen to what he says read what he writes because you are helping us hit goals that we need for our lives to be the best version of us so well done my friend thanks pal hey the last thing we always ask on the show uh, because it's called That Sounds Fun, we always ask, what sounds fun to you? What do you guys do for fun? Oh, man. I'm, so I'm like this hipster meets Geritol ad. <laughs> um, it's weird. I, uh, I love collecting vinyl records. <laughs> oh, that's not weird. That's so cool. So where do you go here? What's your favorite spot? Okay, so here um, there's this great little place in Franklin um, called uh, uh, Forks, Finds in the Forks, which is like Leaper's Fork. Never and they, heard of it. got yeah. really good stuff. And then what's the place on uh, 8th Avenue? I'm totally... Grimey's. Grimey's. Yeah, Grimey's, yeah, Grimey's is really good. Got a really good selection. And then um, there's a couple little pop-up shops yeah. and like different breweries and What stuff are you looking here. for? What's the... When you oh, walk man. up to... I usually got a, a, like a working list on my do phone. Do you? Of oh, like, yeah. Because does it sound that different on a record player? Oh, dude. I know. Totally. I know. I need one. It really does. You hear okay. all the nuance and the warmth. It's like the most inconvenient thing mm-hmm. you can possibly think of mm-hmm. and it goes back to right the whole slowing down and everything yeah. it's like it's kind of a forced sort of practice of uh oh, it's beautiful of listening but you really can hear stuff so um i am i'm looking for these days uh, a big brian eno fan and i think in the 70s he created this thing called music for airports okay and this is really ambient sort of stuff and i'm, I'm trying to find out like no one's really reissued it or reprinted it yeah so i'm trying to find a good version of that yeah and then my and when you get there is the fun for you you walk into a pop-up place at a brewery yeah do you go i'm looking for this one album and you go looking 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 or do you walk to the guy and go hey i'm looking for this do you have it it's either that or if i don't have a particular you know, thing in mind, then the, the discovery process is pretty okay. cool because sometimes okay. you're just like, does he know that he has this? Yeah, does yeah, Does he yeah, know yeah. it's only this price? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got this, I'm going to nerd out now, but like this no, uh, I want you to. mono version of um, like Ray, uh, Ray Charles' album from uh-huh. like the 50s. And it wasn't even in stereo yet. Yeah. And the thing sounds so, so great. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really loving that that stuff these days. That, for Do y'all listen every day at some point? Like, is that like a thing I at the try house? I I think, you know, we have this, this brand new kid now, so yeah, he's like yeah. just turning everything upside down. Right. But I usually, <laughs> I usually try and listen to it, you know, stuff at least once a day. What's your favorite album you have? Oh man, so I'm um, so CJ stands for Christopher James. I'm named after James Taylor. Oh wow! And so James Taylor, Sweet Baby James, and Mudslide Slim. I got both of those albums. Okay. 
and listen. You know, it's really fun to to the the system I have is like um, from the UK in like the late seventies, and so it's fun. Oh, you to, have like a retro, yeah. old school record player. Okay, but it's at the height of that vinyl technology if that makes sense oh okay so yeah, yeah. it sounds as good as it's gonna sound right until you get into eight tracks and right. cassette tapes and cds so and is that gonna sound better than if because i want to i've wanted to buy one yeah. so is that gonna sound better than what i would get now or just the same technology at this point? no 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 light years better unless you get there's a really cool uh company called u-turn okay it's making they're making new uh, belt drive turntables that okay. are, are pretty like economical. I think they're like Brooklyn or something like that, and they sound awesome because okay. they're using the same technology. But you got to okay. be careful if you go to like like a lot of the things that you could find in like Walmart, or Urban Outfitters. Yeah, they're yeah not Urban Outfitters. That's what I always yeah, think. Yeah, they're like, not I don't, really. I don't it's want more of the. That. That's more of like the like a tchotchke kind of Yeah, you're deal. just trying to be bougie and have a record yeah, player. Which yeah. to my friends who got them there, it's fine. <laughs> but yeah, I want to hear what y'all hear. Yeah, because it's about the speakers, it's about your your amplifier, your you know preamp and um, and all that stuff too. So Okay, so if I ask for one for Christmas, can you help me like oh, narrow down what I, I really want? I am on it. I am okay. like a kid in a candy store. Like, I've had a couple people ask me that and I'm okay. like, all right, stop whatever I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's like, you know, do some research. Because I want, what I want with my life is to listen to Sign No More by Mumford & Sons on a record player. Dude, well, that's the thing too. There's a lot of guys who are are um, recording stuff on tape again and on, uh -huh. you know, and, and there's stuff where I can hear now. Like I'll listen to an MP3 and it's like new, like a lot of Glenn Hansard stuff, the guy uh -huh. from um, Swell Season and yeah. Once and everything. Um, like I can listen to horns and on an MP3 or listen to, listen to um, like drums and go like, ooh, they that would sound really good on vinyl. And so yeah. I bet that Mumford & Sons album would sound really good. Yes. Um, yeah, and some of the new stuff is just really, really awesome. But you want to, like, some of the best stuff is if you get a system that's at the height of that technology and then you get stuff that came out during the late yes. 70s or mid-70s. Yes. okay. Like Thriller. Thriller on vinyl. It's unbelievable. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So good. I want to hear it. I believe <laughs> you. Okay, so when Tyler Huckabee was on the show and we talked about... Um, uh, superheroes. Yes. After we finish, he takes his headphones off and he's like, did I nerd out too hard? Was that too much? And I was like, this is what I love about my friends. Oh, man. Like, I love hearing what sets people on fire and I don't care. I'm with you. I don't care yeah. how weird it gets. Yeah. I just think, man, this is so fun. I, I would have never known how deep you went into the record world. Man, Tyler is like a like a saint of superheroes. He's like a prophet of super. Like he, right. he there. I don't know anybody else who's like connecting those dots in culture, yes. pop culture, yes. and going, this is actually like what's really happening underneath yes. the surface. I mean, I walked out of Avenger colon Infinity War mm -hmm. and had only seen Black Panther. Yeah. And um, and I walked out and I went, there's a lot I didn't understand there, but I want to. And so I texted <laughs> him right text away. I was Tyler. like, and he said, <laughs> I said, I need your help. He said, you can ask me three questions because he knows that I'll go so deep. So then I said, okay, here are my three questions and also come do an episode of the podcast. But okay, that's a great answer for yeah. your, um, what sounds fun to you. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, Thanks thank you for, for me sound cooler than I actually am. This no, no, no. You're incredibly <laughs> cool. And you're doing important work that faith people and non-faith people can come around and enjoy and push us all towards who we really want to be. That's what I'm trying to do. So that you well, just really articulated it. well. So thank you. Yeah. Appreciate that, Tom. So, friends, make sure you grab a copy of CJ's book, Get Weird. Discover the surprising secret to making a difference. 
from your favorite retailer. Barnes & Noble is always great. Your local bookstore is great. His book is also available at Amazon and Target. So make sure you get a copy of Get Weird. Hey, if there's anything I can do for you, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs. That's my Instagram, my Twitter, my Facebook, all the places you could ever need me. That's how you could find me. Annie F. F as in fancy. Annie F. Downs. Hey, if you can think of a friend that you know would just love to hear this conversation with CJ, one of the best things you can do to help the show along is to share it with your friends. And so if you and if you love listening to authors talk about their new books, make sure you check out the episode from last week of Jonathan Merritt talking about his new book. We also have uh, one from the summer that people are loving is Melissa Radke talking about her book. There's Kate Bowler, Russ Ramsey, and coming up on Thursday, we will have my friend Scott Harrison from Charity Water talking about his new book as well. So we are doing a lot of reading this fall, my friends, as we should. Reading is super fun. So make sure you check out all those episodes and grab a copy of Remember God, my new book that comes out in a couple of weeks. You can get it on any of your favorite retailers. Um, I love my friends over at Barnes & Noble. So if you want to grab one from them, I think that'd be really fun. All right, so go out and do something weird. Go out and do something that sounds fun to you. And I will see you on Thursday with our friend Scott Harrison.